Hello, everyone. My name is JC Adler, and welcome to the Great Design League podcast. I am a 23-year-old living and working in New York City, and right now I am a tech consultant by day, yoga teacher by night, and I'm super excited to talk about all things design with you today. Thanks so much for coming on, JC. We we were chatting a little bit before, and uh, the the thing between JC and I is that we're cousins. <laughs> <laughs> Surprise. <laughs> yeah, JC's uh mom is siblings with my dad. Uh and and yeah, we were chatting like for the past couple of months about wanting to to hang out on the podcast because uh your your job like kind of goes coincide with mine and <laughs> we won't work at the same place, but th- like there's a lot of stuff that you do that's that interacts with people like like me and and friends that I have. So I thought that'd be pretty cool. And also it's uh, I never really get to do podcasts with people that I, I know as long as you. <laughs> yeah, no, definitely. That's I was listening to how you interact with different people on the podcast, and I saw, like, Lazar did one, and then someone that you just met for the first time did one, and I thought it was so cool because you were the same no matter what, and you always <laughs> ask, like, such thoughtful and, like, amazing questions, so I'm so excited. I've been looking forward to this. <laughs> Good. Well, uh... I think that it might be cool to kind of like walk through um, your life a little bit uh, before we get to get to where you are now, because I remember all these different bits and pieces that that I got from from family updates. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it, it's interesting to hear them like directly from you um, and and how you experienced it, not just like oh, there's this Facebook post about something Jason did. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> so. Um, I guess some of the the earliest earliest memories I have of you um in terms of like things that you did or accomplishments or things that that you were really proud of I think the one that sticks out to me the most earliest would be that that book that you wrote Oh my gosh <laughs> Yes that is a blast from the past So it's funny because growing up I was definitely so shy and like def- probably like not around family but in my outer school years like my mom likes to say I would cry on her lap during kindergarten presentation like any really yeah like dance recitals gymnastics like I was the kid that went to gymnastics and we had to be like oh JC's not gonna do the recital at the end like I just wanted to go to the the practices and like I never wanted to be on stage like I never wanted to do presentations I would like shake the day before I had to present a book report in first grade like I was so yeah like I was so shy with any type of like public speaking or anything like that so the book is actually funny because I loved to write when I was little and I would write all of these stories. And I remember going through that process of like, publishing the book in fourth grade. But since I was very shy, I didn't want to promote it at all. I didn't want to tell anyone like nobody knew about it except our family. I feel like, like I would never tell my friends about it. I think I didn't tell friends about it until high school or like maybe even college is when like more people knew about it um yeah which is funny because right now if I published a book I would like it would be an (laughs) like I would be like I wrote a book um but yeah so I feel like I kind of missed out on like taking that process in and like really experiencing it in full flesh because I published it and the experience of doing it was so cool but 
at the same time, they would want us to go to book signings and like, not just me, everyone at the little company, like they would do like monthly new author things. And I would just like stand in the corner and be so scared. Um, so yeah, it was a cool experience, but I would be interested to see how I interacted with it now for sure. And, uh, you, you actually, on top of that, that makes, that makes more sense than why you had a pseudonym. Yeah. Because <laughs> my parents were like, you're going to get kidnapped and you need to, <laughs> you're not allowed to use your real name. So I used a fake name, um, my alter ego. But yeah, also no one, that helped my cause because then no one was seeing my name on it. Um, so that let me be a little bit more <laughs> incognito with it. Do you, I, I feel like, um, uh, I have a lot of friends and even myself that that feel that way when it comes to public things, especially when you're young and you like don't have any experience with it. So it's just yeah. a scary thing um, between uh, kind of like, let's just say like middle school age and kind of like more elementary school age when you wrote the book. Mm-hmm. Um, do you think that you were afraid of the same thing? Yeah, I think so. I feel like growing up, I was just uh, like trying to navigate it all. I was talking about this with a friend yesterday actually and we were just saying how you're so different at different phases of your life obviously but like growing up I was so shy I was like so worried about fitting in or like doing and saying the right things and like I never thought to think what do I actually like do I actually like to be around these people because I was so worried about like do these people like me and like how am I portraying myself in this environment or like this situation Um, so I think a lot of time, and this is so common across most people I know is wasted on that. And it's not until a lot later that you're like, Hey, what do I actually like to do? Like, what do I want to spend my time doing? Like, who do I want to surround myself with? Um, so yeah, I feel like elementary middle school was probably a lot of the same. And then even later into high school was a lot of the same too. I feel like high school, college transition was really when it started to shift, more so um but yeah that was a long answer to the question <laughs> yeah yeah and um uh sometimes like I'm imagining the the gymnastics recital um <laughs> and so like in my mind uh sometimes you're scared and you like you don't know why you're scared yeah so like like if you could think back and I know it was like a really long time ago do you think that you were afraid of like um the people looking at you or did you think you were afraid of like messing something up or something like that yeah that's a really good question I feel like probably some aspect of perfectionism is weaved into there but I think I was just so I was a very anxious child (laughs) like my parents used to say like you were the only person I know children I know that like does not like Disney World like I cried the entire time we were in Disney I was an anxious mess like the plane ride I wanted none of it I wanted nothing to do with it um yeah so I was just like filled with this (laughs) existential anxiety for so many years um but I don't know I'm sure it was like laced in with perfectionism piece like I wanted to do a good job like I wanted to like not mess something up whereas now I'm like if I mess something up it's not the end of the world like life <laughs> obviously goes on um but yeah I don't know I was so hyper focused on things and like would really work myself up on just little pieces of things that like actually <laughs> didn't matter at all that's so interesting because like we've never talked about that and and I I never expected that at all yeah that's, 
Interesting. And and so when when we were talking about the, this time in your life, um, uh, obviously what you do now, you probably didn't really know existed yeah. when when you were around even like that gymnastics age um what kind of things did you just naturally gravitate to in terms of things to do things that you liked yeah definitely I was always interested in writing like I had notebooks and notebooks and notebooks of <laughs> just pages of stories and random things like that is one of my earliest hobbies that I remember I was always like a collector of things I had like just little collections of random like stamps or stickers or (laughs) just like random stuff that I accumulated and I was really into sports like I was always on sports teams growing up I think I less so liked the sports piece and more so just liked the community aspect of having a team and going to games and like the stuff that came (laughs) around the, the actual playing of the game um but yeah that's what I remember really liking growing up um I always had like weird little interests in things like I would get really interested in space and then really interested in like gadgets and computer games and video games and like just go into these little spirals of things that I was super passionate about and wanted to learn like everything about and then I would switch (laughs) to something else (laughs) that's yeah I I, uh I think I, I still do that to this day. Like Same. some things I'll be totally obsessed with. Like recently I um uh I started I, I used to read Nancy Drew books as a kid. I remember that. <laughs> really? Yes. <laughs> and so I, I because I've been like on the screen all the time and with work and always like either texting people or, or like I don't know, just all of that. I started I actually bought myself like five Nancy Drew books. <laughs> that's amazing and I've been reading them before bed just to like calm down from the day and everything no yeah that's another thing I've always been into reading like growing up I would read all the time and I still read all the time like it is one of my favorite pastimes (laughs) and that's definitely something that stuck with me from growing up to now but can definitely agree everything is on the screen so it's nice to even though I use my kindle I'm acting like I I'm (laughs) it's another screen but it it feels different (laughs) it does (laughs) Um, uh, when it comes to reading in books, uh, d- does your mom have a lot of, uh, influence in that of like, because, uh, cause Aunt Jill's a librarian and uh, has like a million degrees in that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, that is definitely where my love of reading came from. Like she always used to read to me growing up. Like my favorite memories are just like us laying in bed and us reading books and, like she was always reading and I wanted to do like exactly what she was doing. So <laughs> then that turned into me always reading. And I feel like it was something that was so ingrained in just like bedtime reading. Like that's Aww. just what we did. Um, and yeah, that's still something that we always are talking about. Like our text messages are just like, Hey, I read this book. You should read this book. Like, <laughs> what are you reading? What if I just finished this book. We need to talk about it right now. Like I called her at 7 30 in the morning yesterday or the day before and she was like what's the matter and I was like I need to talk about that book that you texted me about and she was like oh my god why are you calling me so early um but I feel like that's still a big topic of conversation that we talk about and she works in the high school so she's like always looking for books that kids that age would like so like my friends will give a lot of recommendations on that front and like I don't know, going to bookstores is like one of my favorite activities still. Like on the weekends, I'll just meander into a local bookstore and like take pictures of all the books and I could get lost in there for hours. And I feel like we're the same in that way. 
<laughs> yeah, I uh I actually I I zoomed with her um a a couple like a couple weeks ago and mm. um like right after this is how like creepy tech is sometimes right after I went on Instagram and the recommendation to join her book club uh, her, <laughs> the high school St. Anthony's like book club oh my God. was like right there and I was like that was so creepy it was almost immediate after we and we didn't say where she worked we didn't say anything it just recommended it and I was like uh, okay <laughs> that's so wild that always happens to me like I'll be talking about a product or something with my roommate and then it will just appear on my Instagram feed <laughs> yeah I'd say it's, I was talking to somebody the other day and they're like yeah it's really helpful and I'm like but it's also creepy <laughs> It's helpful but creepy. I I <laughs> But yeah, so so um I I know that like I don't know, middle school to high school age is kind of uh, a crazy time for most people. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> and I um when you're kind of like in this age, you sometimes start thinking about like what you want to do uh in life and and mm. I feel like you try on like five different hats. You want to be this one day, this one another day. Kind of like um, when you started thinking about something that you wanted to do, like for a career. What was the the first one that you thought of? Yeah, that's so interesting. And I definitely tried on a lot of different things. I remember being like kind of stressed about it. A lot of people in our family, as you know, are teachers. For people <laughs> listening, like I feel like there is a lot of teachers in our family, like our grandparents, my parents, like cousins, stuff like that. Yeah. And that was one of the only careers that I saw. And I'm like, I don't necessarily want to do that. I don't think. And even though my secret dream, I want to be like a retired college professor or something like that <laughs> later on. But anyway. Um, yeah, I don't know. I really loved writing when I was little. When I was little, I was like, I'm going to be an author. But then that kind of fizzled out. Like that wasn't as realistic for me. And then I started thinking about business and things like that. And my dad had been really interested in business um, and obviously works in business. So I was thinking about something like that. And then when it came to apply for colleges, I was like, that's broad enough. Like, I feel like I could do that. And then um, one of our family friends was actually a buyer at a retail company. And he, I always was like excited by his job. I had talked to someone else, like my friend's mom, that was a buyer. And that was the first job that I remember being like, whoa, that's so cool. Like, I want to do something like that. Um, so then I started looking into like businessy retail programs, um, which my college had a retail management business major, which was perfect. <laughs> um, but it was funny because I always, always, always loved technology. Like growing up, I loved like video games, like I said, and gadgets and computers. And I had like a little Dell laptop and just like always wanted like different types of gadgets. I was so fascinated by technology, but I never even thought of that as a career. Um, I don't know why. And then when I was in college, I was doing the retail business major thing and I liked it for sure. Um, and my internship was in it and it was really interesting. But then I started hearing more about like a technology major in my college. There was like separate school and I kind of clicked for me and I was like, that would be so cool to be able to like integrate them somehow. And then obviously mm. like as we grew up, like obviously technology became more and more prominent. So 
when we were younger, like half the jobs that exist now (laughs) would have never existed. (laughs) But then like I saw how they could intersect. I ended up like applying to that school also. So then I was duly enrolled at Syracuse and I loved it. Like I loved thinking about how tech could kind of interfuse with stuff that I was already doing. Um, And I still didn't necessarily know what jobs even existed in that realm um, until I started going to career fairs and stuff, which is how I landed in my job now, which I feel like is a perfect fit for me, but I didn't even know it existed even two or three years ago. That's so crazy that like something that can be such a big part of your life, not many years prior to that, you don't even know that it was an option. Exactly. Isn't that weird? (laughs) Yeah, I I was talking about this quote that I saw that like just makes me feel comforted. It was like, you haven't listened to your favorite song yet, or you haven't eaten your favorite meal yet, or you haven't met your favorite person yet. And even when you think like your heart is like you have everything, you love like what you love, it always has room to grow like a little bit more. And I feel like that's so comforting. And same with this, like you don't even know your favorite things yet. Like a year from now could be totally different. I think that a lot of that is like the willingness to be open and the willingness to to um not be a hundred percent right. Yeah, definitely. Because <laughs> a lot of people, I feel like maybe um have that or or that they have the opportunity to do that. But the whole idea of like sunk cost and I've been doing this forever and everything, like they're not even open enough, even if it like hits them in the face. Yes, yes. I think the idea of sunk cost, I get it, but I think it's so crazy to me because if you've wasted X amount of time, like you're just going to keep wasting that time if you're not doing something that you love. Um, but a lot of my friends, I, I felt like they, they're, they talk about sunk cost. They're like, I'm already, I put this much time into it. I studied this in college. Like I've studied for XYZ exam. I have to do this thing. And I'm like, we are 23, 24, 25 (laughs) years old. Like you don't have to keep doing this thing for the next 40, 50 years. Absolutely. And, and also there's the whole thing about like, is this a sustainable thing for you to do? Are you going to just like have a total breakdown at like (laughs) 37? (laughs) Yeah. So one thing I wanted to ask you along that story was uh, what kind of video games did you like playing? Oh my gosh. My favorite question. Um, Okay. So such a, it's so funny when I tell people this, they're like, really? That's what, that's what you're interested in. Um, So growing up, my favorite games were Pokemon for sure. I still love Pokemon. Um, I will be getting a new Pokemon game for my Nintendo Switch, which I have literally in my drawer right next to me. Um, Oh, fully, fully. I have no shame. I am obsessed with Pokemon. Um, and I loved Animal Crossing. Mm. I loved Harvest Moon, which is like a lesser known Animal Crossing type game. Um, any like simulation game where you can like build a little life and have like a farm or something I was interested in. So those are like my two main categories of game, like build a, build a farm or Pokemon. (laughs) (laughs) Have you ever played a Stardew Valley Oh, you ever heard of that? Yeah, Yeah. I've played that game for many, many hours on my computer. I've actually never played the video game version of it, but I, freshman year of college, I had that game on my computer and I spent a disgusting amount of hours playing that game. Really? Yes. (laughs) I, I, I was playing that, uh, recently because, uh, Lazar was trying to get me to relax. Um, (laughs) 
and he was like you're doing too much like you need to like chill and like do something just for fun i'm like okay and so i, I bought stardew valley and i was very playing it i like got really invested in it and then they they were like you have to build a nursery in your home and i'm like awesome i'm gonna have like all these plants and everything like that and then they were they said uh oh no it's actually for kids and i'm like well, what, what resources can I get from that? And they were like, you have to do all these side quests. And I'm like, I don't want to do that. You're like, I just want plans. I don't want plans. <laughs> I just, I feel like there are a lot of people around that like feel that way for real. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I, um, yeah, so that, that's something that, that I played and it was really fun. Uh, when, so um, in the, the time period when you were, uh, I guess, how do how do I how do I start with this? Um, yeah. So when when you were looking at schools and everything like that, um, with this idea of what you wanted to do when it came to buying, um, I where where did you look? Like what what was recommended to you? Because I remember uh, this this point in your life that you were deciding between these different schools and you were waiting for your acceptance letters. And I think I remember hearing that. Uh, once you found out, you immediately went to Syracuse <laughs> gift shop, and you're like, "I need everything. I'm oh really God. committed." <laughs> <laughs> yes, I definitely bought a lot of apparel. Um, <laughs> deciding between schools was—I uh, used to, and I until recently, and I still sometimes have this. Like, I have this fear of the butterfly effect, and like the what if, like your life path that you would take if you took X action so like this eats me alive this is like one of my biggest anxieties um it's like your life could be x way like if you chose a different college you would be friends with completely different people you would have a completely different experience in the world like not that it would be positive or negative but it would just be so different and that Mm -hmm. missed opportunity of whatever could have been like I feel like I tend to get stuck in that what if I did X, Y, Z. So naturally choosing a college was difficult. Um, (laughs) I'm a big pro-con lister. So I had like a big document of pro-con lists and Syracuse was actually like my last place that I thought I would end up. Um, Yeah. I had seen like 12 colleges probably. I went on so many college visits and Syracuse was the last one that I saw I was like I'm not gonna go there like I don't know I was more so worried about honestly like the name of the school and like how it was perceived and Mm. I'm very thankful that I got over that before I went to college because I would have ended up somewhere that I wasn't happy Mm. um I feel like that was another piece that led into the perfectionism I was like what are people gonna think of me if I go to x school like if it doesn't have a good repu- like reputation and obviously that trickles down into like employers and stuff like that too. But I didn't have Syracuse on my radar and then I went to visit it and it was everything that I wanted in the school. So I was like, that's so dumb that I didn't even consider it because I wanted a big community that I could have. Like my high school is really into sports. So I wanted to be able to go to like a big sports game and like have a lot of school camaraderie and yeah. still have a campus and like be able to lay on the quad and <laughs> have a lot of options like I was really into clubs and like wanted to be very involved and I liked that it had a lot of different majors so I could kind of navigate my way through that if I ended up didn't not liking something 
so it ended up being like everything that I wanted once I went I felt like it just felt right like I definitely went on campuses that I was like oh I couldn't really see myself here um but Syracuse just felt like my place and I I loved it like it was everything that I wanted in a college experience what was your thought kind of like when you first got there like did you could you go and check into a hotel and then see the campus the next day like what was kind of your first impression of Syracuse yeah so it's funny because my parents took me on every single college tour except for Syracuse which really probably pains them because they were taking me every weekend to like Boston, all these different places. Like they spent so much time taking me to colleges and like going through this whole process with me. And like, like I said, Syracuse was not really on my radar. Like I was convinced that I was not going to go there. I almost didn't even go on this tour. And then my friend was going for the weekend and she was like, why don't you just come with me? Like you also applied to the school. So I was like, okay, I guess. So I just went with her and, (laughs) um, it was raining. It was so dreary. Like, I feel like other people who have went that day would have not been impressed with that at all, but just something about it I loved. And I remember my friend being like, I could see you here. And I was like, yeah, I could see myself here too. <laughs> um, and just like the people were really cool and different. Like I went to other school tours where I felt like a lot of people were really pretentious and like I couldn't see myself walking around and like it wasn't diverse and I wanted like a lot of different people and a lot of different thoughts and like, I don't know. I felt like I was kind of stuck in a little bubble before going to college and I wanted Mm. to be like able to experience a lot of different things um, and like a lot of different thoughts and a lot of different people's viewpoints. So yeah, when I got to Syracuse, it was raining. It was dreary. um, (laughs) It was cloudy. Like it was not impressive. And I just remember feeling like really sure about the decision and I really loved it when I was there. What, what did you see first? Do you remember? Huh. I don't know. And it's funny because like in my head, the campus is so different than like me actually being there. And I feel oh. like that happens a lot. Like, for example, when I visited my friend in New York City, she took me around to all these places. And my perspective of the city then and my perspective of the city now is so different. Like I can't even picture the places that we walked through hmm. and just like felt so different to me. So Syracuse was kind of the same way. I think we saw like one of these big buildings that there's like nothing, there's no purpose for it, but it just looks pretty. (laughs) Um, And I was like, that's nice. Um, But yeah, I just remember the campus was like pretty large, which was good and bad. Like I wanted, it had the quad, it had like the vibe of what I wanted in a college. But I think, yeah, I don't even remember the tour that much really, but I just remember kind of how I felt on the tour and I felt, like, I feel like that stuck with me longer than what I actually saw. Huh. When, um, so we, we talk about, uh, the, this idea that you, you kind of had in your head of like, this is what, this is what I'm gonna do. I'll go to this school and blah, blah, blah. And then you were open enough to try something new and you're like, oh, maybe I want to do this. Before you decided to go to Syracuse, what did you think that you were, you were going to do after high school? Like what you said, you were, you had your mind on all these other schools. Yeah, I think I was like essentially applied to the business program at all the schools that I applied to. And they were a little bit different. Like maybe they had different course requirements or things like that. I think Syracuse was actually the only school that ended up having that retail 
um, Mm -hmm. variation of programs. So that was another factor. I was like, oh, this is very closely tied to what I thought I wanted to do. Um, And I think I was just like interested in the business programs at other schools as well. So I probably would have taken a lot of the similar courses and things like that. But looking back, like a lot of those schools didn't have any technology programs or anything. Mm. So I would have never even ventured into that space, which is funny. Um, but yeah, I really liked Boston University. I almost went there. I loved like Boston, but that school like didn't really have much of a campus. Um, but yeah, I think I would have done a lot of the similar businessy type courses at other schools, but I would have never had that technology piece. Yeah. So this is always a funny thing to ask people <laughs> when they when they've had both of these experiences because they're usually very different. Um, uh, and we'll talk about your your time in college and everything. But mm. uh, you graduating high school, what was your level of excitement versus graduating college? Because those are two very different experiences. Interesting. Yeah, I think I was sad to graduate high school. Like I remember leaving my friends and being like oh my god my life is over like I'm very like sobbing crying it was so dramatic um and then yeah I was nervous I was really nervous to start college like I still was struggling with anxiety a lot I still wasn't like really sure of who I was and like how I interacted with the world I mean whoever is sure of that but like definitely not in the transition to college so I feel like it was a lot of unknown especially like both of us being well, I'm the only and you're the oldest. So (laughs) we're the first ones to go through that process. And it, I just had no idea what to expect. Like, I couldn't picture in my head what college would be like. So I feel like the unknown of it all was very scary to me. Um, And it's funny, like back then, I really didn't like change. And now I love change. Like, I think change Mm. is so exciting. And like, I'm very like I seek out change in my life now and like in my job and in like my experiences and traveling, like I think change is so exciting, but back then I hated change. Um, So I think I was just mostly scared. I was sad to leave high school. I was nervous. And then graduating college was weird because it was during COVID. (laughs) So it was, it felt a bit unfinished, but I was also sad to leave college, but in a different way. Like, I can't really explain it. I don't know. I felt like, again, this piece of the unknown and like how I got lucky because a lot of my friends from college, like most of them live in the city. So I feel like I get a college 2.0 in the city. (laughs) um, And like, I would have never expected my life now to be like just as much fun as it was in college, but if not more fun, but I feel like that's kind of how the two differed. And like when I graduated college, I was a lot more sure of who I was as a person, which kind of made me feel more at ease. Like even if I don't know what's coming, I know like how I will interact with it. So that made me feel a lot more at peace. I I remember hearing somebody say something that really um, helped me with all of this like unknown stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, he said something along the lines of, uh, um uh when you have this unknown thing happen you're not trusting that it's not going to happen or not or it's not going to go wrong you're trusting yourself in that you're going to be okay no matter what happens yeah i love that 
and it's kind of like um understanding how how you'll uh react and that way it kind of takes the whole is it going to happen or not out of the equation you're like okay well i got a plan if it's gonna happen i got a plan if it's not gonna happen <laughs> yeah uh, it'll be really scary but <laughs> there's that but yeah um uh, when I think of, of things in the future that are, are going to happen, um, and they're good things, but a lot of times they're, they're scary things or things that I'm doing for the first time or something like that. Um, sometimes I take myself out of the equation and I go, okay, I just got to keep on doing what I'm doing. And the only thing between me and that thing that's on my calendar is time. Mm. And so I'm just like, along for the ride (laughs) (laughs) I do that even to like this day about stuff like that like the only thing between me like I I went on a run and I was like okay if I just gotta keep this pace all the only thing that's between me and the finish line is is time and it was really funny because Lazar was was biking next to me in (laughs) Philadelphia and you don't go on runs by yourself and so (laughs) um he was biking next to me and he's like boy you were running you just kept on saying time time (laughs) time Oh my gosh. Really but but I bring that up because um when I went to um uh when I graduated from high school and went to college, uh the night before graduation is always like a weird thing. The, the night before you go to college and you move is always something that um you I feel like is a significant night. And when I um uh had that night, the only thing I could think of is um this time tomorrow i'm gonna be in a totally new place i'm gonna be like uh i'm gonna be outside of the place that i grew up my whole life and i kind of took myself out of the equation i'm like i'm just like along for the ride so when when you had that night right before you moved to college um what was that like for you it's funny that you bring up like the idea of time because that's something i'm obsessed with right now and have been for the past year like this idea of now and like all we have is right now and that is the only thing that is certain and you can't like waste time thinking about the past or future because those things are so intangible and like you miss out on the time right now if you're so stuck on like past present or past future um so that's something that I always think about and it's funny that you were thinking about it in the same way but the night before college I was just like crying the whole night and I watched like I think we watched like a movie and like some like interstellar like movie (laughs) that was very like mind distracting um but yeah I just I was like so anxious and so nervous which is so funny because if I was the version of myself that I am now back then like I would have been so excited and like so <laughs> just like uh, I love new beginnings and change and like right now back then absolutely not but like <laughs> I love the idea of like just getting to start over and like be in a new space and start a new routine and like find new things that you love like being in new places and having new things that you get to do in those places is so refreshing to me so I feel like I wish I could go back to some (laughs) points in my life and be like stop being so anxious it's going to be okay like you will be fine um like this is exciting instead of like how I felt but I don't know that all just helps you grow as a person so yeah I think um 
uh, sometimes, so I, I used to ask people and I used to say to myself, like, if you could go back in time and give yourself advice and stuff like that, what yeah. would you say? And then I started thinking about that, that a lot. Like, and I, I see your exercise bike in the back. I would go on my bike <laughs> often and just like not do anything and just be blank and just think about things that I'm trying to work through. And um, one of them was, uh, hey, maybe you saying, oh, if I could go back and give advice and stuff like that, maybe that's not really fair to to her, her as in like me from yeah. the past. Because um, uh, she, because I had this idea that, that she doesn't exist anymore mm-hmm. and so it's it's not really fair to try to tell her what to do because she literally can't do anything <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's such a good point we're so hard on ourselves I feel like and you're also just such a different version of yourself like you interact with the world differently like you have different experiences that shape you as person in that time period of your life and like they all add up to something bigger and like every little experience that you have adds to like a future connection that you could have with someone like even when you go through really hard things or like you have to experience something later on I feel like that's helped my relationships a lot with people because I'm able to connect with them on a deeper level than I would have been if like everything had just gone perfectly as planned because that's boring Mm. and then you would be able to relate to no one and like you wouldn't be able to have these deeper layers of understanding of how other people exist in the world. I had this idea of uh, who I wanted to be um, Mm. when I was like maybe 13, Uh, what I wanted to do, the job that I wanted to have, the car I wanted to drive, (laughs) the college I wanted to go to. And now I look at that and I'm like, I would be so unhappy if I got everything that I wanted. (laughs) Yes. So true. Like, and also it's just, yeah that's exactly right like you think that you want all these things and then you just like realize looking back you're like oh my gosh if that all those things actually (laughs) happened you would just be such a different person for sure and and so um back to this point in your life of of starting college so like the night before uh was not uh, a pleasant experience (laughs) (laughs) so and you had to like you had to do a big drive to get there so leaving your house getting there like checking in first night sleeping there were you okay (laughs) yeah I mean okay so the part that I was really excited about for college was having a roommate like I remember being like oh my god this is so fun I get to have a year-long sleepover (laughs) um, with someone else and like the actual move-in day once I got there I was okay like I was like this is fun and fine like I was sad to leave my parents but like I was so excited to meet my roommate and like we had been texting and just like facetiming we were so excited (laughs) to decorate and like I don't know all the pre whatever it was moving in going to events like meeting people on your floor like I am still best friends with people that I met like my first night of college today and like we always tell stories like remember that one night like that we met doing like something so random and now we like get to experience life in the city together which is really fun but um yeah the first semester of college was also like very hard for me because I was just so again like really anxious like I feel like I didn't feel settled in I was still like kind of in between two worlds like I was like my friends at home my friends are starting this new life like I'm starting this new life I don't know anyone at Syracuse like yeah I felt like I was okay but I was like 
kind of counting down until like, oh, Thanksgiving break, I get to go see my friends. Like Christmas break, I get to go see my friends. Like I was so excited to leave and like go see them. And I was like, these are my best friends, whatever. And then it wasn't until like second semester of college where I started feeling like so, so, so happy at Syracuse. And like, it was the opposite where I was like, okay, I'm home for break. And like, I can't wait to get back to school Aww. and like I can't wait to go see my friends and like I can't wait to go like live my life and do my things and like be in my clubs and whatever at school um so yeah like that change over of semesters definitely was when it started to get like better for me and then sophomore year on I was like a completely different person I feel like was so just like sure of myself and what I liked and like who I wanted to be surrounded by and like felt really supported by my friendships like I feel like in in high school I was like I don't know just kind of it was competitive like I was like always Mm -hmm. worried about like being left out and like I wasn't sure of anything (laughs) and in college and meeting different types of people was like the first time I felt like unconditionally like loved and supported by the people that I was surrounded with And finally, I was like, oh, this is what friends are supposed to be like. Like, these are people that are, like, so supportive of my life and, like, so willing to help me explore, like, what I even want to do and, like, what I'm interested in. So it was a really interesting shift. And I feel like that contributed a lot to, like, who I am as a person now. So when you you say that, um, like, some of your, not all, obviously, but some of your friends, like, you weren't really quite sure how they felt about you? I was more so just like not sure. I keep going back to this, but I was reading this thing and it was like, we spend so much time worried about if someone else likes us that we don't stop to think like, do I like this person back? Like, do I want to be surrounded by this person? Is this like helping me to grow or change or think about things in a different way? And I feel like I was stuck in that first part where I was like, I want these people to like me like I want them to think of me a certain way or perceive me a certain way and I never really stopped to think like oh do I like them like are we interested in the same things and I feel like part of that is also in high school like a lot of your friends are just because of proximity like Mm. your friends because you're on the same team or you have the same class and like you live in the same town like it's not really intentional and it's not like we are friends because X, like we are friends because we love the same thing because we're interested in this or we're super passionate about this. Um, And I feel like in college, that's the first time you get to kind of like seek out your friends. Like, yeah, you have your, your floor of people that you live with, but like you get to meet people through like clubs that you go to and like you have to make plans with someone or else you won't see them type of thing so I feel like that aspect of intentionality made me have a lot deeper friendships and uh, we we never we never talked about this but I remember you switched schools when you were uh in high school oh yeah so I went to a private school after middle school so that was interesting too because like I I feel like people in high school have friends that they've been friends with since like kindergarten and they go through whatever you are with the same people for a lot of years but um from middle school to high school I went to a different school and I met like all new people there too so that was kind of a like a pre-college experience because you're starting over again you're meeting a lot of new people um 
which was cool. Like, I feel like I was ready at that point to like, try something different. Um, and yeah, like I, I really liked the high school I went to because there was a lot of things for me to be involved in. Like it was very like, I don't know. There was a lot of camaraderie around like sports teams and stuff like that. So it was really fun. When, when you say that kind of stuff about, um, like, why are you friends with this person or like, why, like, why are we hanging out? Yeah. <laughs> like, what, what is, I, um, I, I had a lot of that in, in high school and, and middle school, um, of, uh, I remember being told a lot that like, I didn't spend time with friends enough or I didn't have enough friends or all this kind of stuff. And so I remember literally hanging out with people. They were nice and I liked hanging out with people, but, um, I, I was doing it to kind of like check a box of like see I I met my quota of hanging out with people (laughs) that means that I'm a loser so now I'm gonna go home now and do what I actually wanted to do which was like hang out by myself that's interesting too yeah I feel like oh my god in high school and middle school like I had the biggest fear of missing out like I was like Mm. I have to go to every like thing that I'm invited to because like what if I'm not made to the next one or like I just need to like I what if something happens without me meanwhile it's the same thing every night like nothing happening <laughs> without you but I just like had to be at anything and everything like I couldn't miss out on it and it's funny because now I'm like nope I'm not going to that I want to lay in bed <laughs> and read my book for three hours please don't speak to me like I love being alone now like and I think it's because once you find that group of people or like subset of people that just like know you inside and out and like really support you and like you feel so secure in your friendships you don't have to be like I have to go to everything because of x like Mm. I am allowed to take time for myself and like do what I actually want to do and I don't know I think that also comes with like liking yourself more like I feel like I didn't like myself as much when I was younger and now that I like like the person that I am I'm so much more comfortable being alone like I love spending the day alone, like wandering around or like reading books or like, I don't know, doing whatever. But it's funny because you felt the same way. Like you were like, I have to do this because of X and then I can go home and do what I want. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah. then just like being able to do what you wanted all along. Yeah. And, and, and when you say that, um, I, here like I sometimes I'm like so present in the conversation that I'm not thinking about what I'm gonna say next I'm just enjoying the moment so sometimes I have these moments which is which is good and totally worth it um yeah but um I remember uh like if you can't go to something or Mm. you don't want to go or sometimes if I just if I totally could I was totally free I just didn't want to um I remember texting people and saying things like um uh, oh please invite me to the next one like making up excuses on why I couldn't go and stuff yeah. like that when like if this was like a real friend you could just say like hey I'm not feeling it today totally like <laughs> last night I was not I was tired like I just was run down from the week I like don't really like to do that many things on Fridays because I feel like I'm exhausted from the week um and like I feel as though the person in in high school would be like I have to go to xyz and and whatever and like 
my friends will, if I don't go, like I won't be invited to the next one or, or something crazy like that. Like all these things that you tell yourself. And last night I just text my friends. I'm like, I sent them a picture of my bed. I made my room like a cave. I had candles <laughs> lit. I had like background noise playing. I turned all my lights off. I'm like, I have a hot date with my Kindle for the next four hours. Please do not contact me. Like, I don't want to be spoken to. I don't want to look at my phone. Like, I just need that time to <laughs> recharge. And they understand. They're like, okay, if you do that, like, you will be more yourself for the next time we hang out like we get that's how you recharge is by being alone and taking time for yourself and it's not like I don't have any thought of like oh my god am I not going to be invited to whatever <laughs> like it's just such a different experience and and also um when it comes to uh like people that you actually really enjoy spending time with mm. um and you have like this this real connection and they're not just like something that validates you on uh am I not a loser because this person invited <laughs> me to their party, even though yeah. like I really don't care what this person thinks of me. Cause like, totally. whatever. Um, uh, I feel like the relationships are more um, like a two way street. Like totally. I remember feeling so bad, like in high school, when I went to college that I wasn't reaching out to people from high school and like, I would like not talk to people that I really loved, but just cause I was like, trying to figure out who I was and everything like that and then it, it like never occurred to me that like they never messaged me yeah it's <laughs> two-way street like, like you, I, definitely... you like put it so much on yourself definitely and that's what I've seen what too with that intentionality piece that I was talking about before like once you strip away that convenience factor of like I see this person this time at this meeting or this practice or this class and like you don't have to think about your friendship as much once you strip that away and you're at this phase like after college like where you actually have to be like hey do you want to grab coffee like I want to see you and you have to put that effort in like that's when you realize who actually cares about you and who you actually care about and like it makes the interaction so much more special than like oh we just see each other every Wednesday at 3 p.m. because we have this class yeah 100 percent like um and I think especially since uh, like everything got canceled and and like there were many <laughs> parties and stuff like that in like the last two years like it was a real eye-opener of like hey there what what is it like to just like have no fear of missing out for an yeah. extended period of time and then I realized that like I didn't want to do those things anyway <laughs> yeah like the thing that I got most interested in and was most excited about and everything that was like UX design and learning all these things and doing all these tutorials and all my free time and everything like that and like I just loved working because I finally found something that I actually liked and like doing that um and and not being pressured like oh are you going to this Halloween party (laughs) no I don't want to go to the stupid Halloween party (laughs) But but yeah, so um so back in the in the timeline, you're you're in your sophomore year in mm. college, and I know that you actually you came to Philly several times yes. for internships. So you were in school, you were learning all of this stuff, and then you had several uh times where you went to a totally different city with totally different people and everything like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so after my sophomore year and junior year, I lived in Philly. Um and 
I loved it so much. Like I loved my friends at school, but then like everyone was kind of all over the place over the summers for internships and stuff like that. A lot of people actually were in New York because I feel like that's a natural Syracuse progression, but I was the only one in Philly that I knew. Um, and I got to meet like all new people. I was super outside of my comfort zone. Like I lived with people I didn't know and they became my best friends. Like I had, I just had like the most incredible summers living and like experiencing a different city um again like making those little routines and rituals that you get to have when you move somewhere new I loved my job like it was really fun to meet so many different people um it was like my first experience working at like a corporate type place that wasn't like a sales associate um so it was like my first real job and it was such a cool experience to get to meet people from different colleges and get to like live with people from different schools and find people that were interested in the same things that I was interested in. And like, I just remember so many different memories that I have from those two summers. My friend that is coming to visit today is actually one of my friends from Philly that she still lives in Philly. Yeah. Um, She lives in Philly right now, but she is one of my friends from my internship and like became one of my best, like closest friends. And it's just so crazy because if I had never had that internship or like never took that experience, I would not even know someone who's like sleeping in my apartment tonight. <laughs> <laughs> and um, uh, is she taking Megabus? Do you know? Probably, actually. Yeah, that's how I would go back and forth between <laughs> yeah. the Philly to New York. That's funny. This is a, a good point to add because like I thought growing up I wanted to be a buyer and yeah. or at least closer to college. I wanted to be a buyer. and then. I do all these things. I put myself in the right positions. Like I get this experience to like try out the thing that I wanted to do. And yeah. I work at like a company that I loved. Like I loved the brand. I loved the people. Um, and I get to this place, right. Where I'm like, this is what I want to do. And I'm like, Oh, I actually don't, <laughs> I don't like this. <laughs> like, I'm like, this is fine. But like, there were so many things that I was like, Oh, maybe this was this isn't what I thought it was going to be yeah. which is funny because that's kind of what we were talking about before like you get to that place and then you're like oh wait never mind <laughs> um so yeah that was interesting because that second summer that I spent in Philly at like the internship doing buying that I thought I was wanted to do was like when I started thinking about technology more and I remember the reason that I'm like in my job right now that I like talked about this in my interview was because the company I worked at used these like antiquated systems that were mm. horrible. The user experience on them, get out of here. Like they were the most, <laughs> they, they were the worst systems ever. And like people would literally leave the company because they, the systems were so bad. Like you had to spend wow. hours, like hours manually entering all these things into like offline Excel sheets. And it was just so tedious. And the actual job itself was really cool. Like I loved getting to see the creative behind the scenes and picking product and doing all of these like other pieces. And the people that worked at the company were amazing. Like I loved, I I learned so, so much from being there, but the systems, like every day I was thinking like, I could make this better. Like, I feel like there's a different way to do huh. something. Like I see how frustrated people are with this. Like I'm frustrated with this. I just want to like improve this process and I would try to do things but they were kind of like stuck in their ways like oh this is just how we've always done it so we just have to always do it this way and that was so frustrating to me and then 
coming out of that internship, I was talking to my friend and I was like explaining this idea to her. And she was like, have you heard of consulting? And I was like, no. (laughs) She explained to me, like, the whole point of consulting is to improve on processes. Like, businesses will come to you and be like, we have X problem. Like, how can you solve it? How can you make it better? Like, what can we do next? And I was like, oh, my God. That is all I want to do is just, like, learn. (laughs) I was like, if I could be a consultant for the company that I worked for last summer, like, I have so many ideas on how I can make it better and, like, how I could Mm -hmm. save them so much time and money. and like actually make the experience more enjoyable. And that's how I kind of navigated into the consulting realm, which I didn't even know existed before Mm. that internship. And I got to use technology and I got to like think about new ways to do processes and how to improve things. And it just like felt so satisfying to me to be able to get to think of new ways how to do something. Absolutely. And like, and I remember hearing, uh, like, from Angel about, like, uh, coding things that you're doing and all of these, uh, um, like, I, I saw, like, the crazy amount of certificates that you have on LinkedIn and everything like that. <laughs> so when you, when you went into this, this part of your life, it seemed like there was a lot of stuff that you were doing in school and outside of school, like, mm. to, to learn about, like, how these systems work, like, what is the user experience like how do you help somebody navigate and accomplish tasks that they need to do so when you kind of decided hey maybe I want to do something different and Mm. this is what I want to do how did you get there yeah oh that's funny you're you were like the certificate queen I feel like you have (laughs) the most your LinkedIn is like the most amazing thing on the planet. Um, thank you. <laughs> it is above and beyond mine. So, um, but yeah, I feel like you know this better than anyone because you've done it for the past like year, but just getting these like certifications and making yourself credible because it's hard to like get through, like once you get through the interview process, like you know you're capable of doing the job right but it's like about proving to someone else that you were capable of doing the job and like yeah that you have these credentials that you could do it so I feel like once I had those two internships that were more retail focused and I wanted to move into a more tech focused space I'm like okay well I have no tech experience outside (laughs) of my major like how do I prove to this person like that's going to be interviewing me that I can be capable of learning these new things and like that I already know some of these things um, and that my experiences could translate. So I feel like I spent a lot of time looking at things that I could do to help myself stand out. And I just like wanted to learn more about the systems and stuff like that. Like, I feel like I'm like you in the sense where I like love learning new things and I <laughs> love getting to just like see how different systems work, especially with technology. Um, and yeah, so I just started kind of doing those things outside of my classes and that would help me in the future, um, which I ultimately did. And then at my company now, like they put a huge focus on learning and like continually getting certifications and like they have all these courses and like internal things that they do to help us like learn stuff outside of what we do in our day-to-day job. So like I'm studying for a different exam right now that I'm taking next week. Um, so like, even though I already have this job, like they put a huge focus on continually learning, which I really like because they give us time to like learn about things that we're interested in as well. What, what are you studying for? Um, so right now I work in Salesforce technology at 
actually not on my client right now, but on my, on my last project, I worked a lot with Salesforce. Um, and there's all these like Salesforce certifications that you can get. So right now I'm studying for a couple of different things in the ether, but the two that I'm working on are Salesforce sales cloud, which is like a product that I use on my old project. Um, and then a user experience Salesforce exam that I feel like you would actually really like. Um, but yeah, it's newer to Salesforce too. It's like, they have all these products like marketing cloud, service cloud, sales cloud. Um, but now they have different types of industry focused things that you can go into like, um, consumer products cloud or like user experience cloud. So those are two things that I'm studying for right now, but I just feel like it's so interesting. (laughs) I'm such a nerd with that stuff. I, I think that it's, um, like I had a similar experience when I got a job that I thought would would be exactly what I wanted and you know I went to I went to school for graphic design yeah and then I popped out a user experience designer which is slightly different um <laughs> and so uh I I did the internship um and realized it wasn't what I wanted to do was very nervous because it was my junior year of college yeah. and I was like oh no <laughs> <You're> <laughs> like, uh, uh, time is broken <laughs> and um I, I, um, I had an interaction with somebody who, um, like she was, she was doing these things that I felt could be, um, done a lot faster or not, not like, just like the way that the system was set up, the way that everything was done. Like, I felt like it was keeping her in a certain, like, I don't know, skill level or, or efficiency or something like that. Yeah. It's like a missed opportunity. Uh, yeah and and I felt like um she she went to the school that was like even more impressive than the school that I went to and the stuff that she was doing wasn't really like exciting to her from mm. what I I could see and and being somewhere like like where you work at, at Deloitte of or or like and any other company that really values learning and especially in tech because everything changes yeah. I feel like a lot of people have this fear of like phasing out or, mm. or like not being on top of stuff as much. Um, but I think that it's just so exciting to not get bored when you're yeah. in tech or, or something like that, because there's always something new to learn. There's always something that can make your thing better, make your everything more efficient. And it it totally changes like every five years. Definitely. Like that's a reason why I chose to do consulting especially at Deloitte because I like that going back to that change piece like I love change and like I didn't want to do the same thing every single day for the next like x amount of years until I moved to a new company like I like to be stimulated like I like to try new things I like to learn new things and the nature of how it works in consulting at my firm is like your project lasts anywhere from three months to like a year plus. And then Mm -hmm. after that you change products and you're on a completely new team. You're on a completely new project. You like can sometimes even work completely new technologies. Like I don't do the same thing on my project now that I did four months ago, like completely, completely different. Um, And to me, that's really exciting because I get to learn something new. I get to learn something new from new people. So like, I'm surrounded by these incredibly intelligent people that are so cool to me and like always have something to teach me. Um, and like, even the people that you interact with just like outside of your project, like 
I was working a lot um, on a marketing platform and customer journeys and figuring out how like personas worked within like people that went to this website and stuff like that. But I was on a call with someone that worked on the search engine optimization team and he was telling me about his job and I was like, I am such an SEO nerd. Like, I think that is so cool that you get to look at like what people are searching for because like, it's just so interesting to think like, what are people wanting? What do people like, you think that the customer wants this thing, but actually they're searching for something completely different. And he was like, oh, I didn't know you were interested in that. Like, let me invite you to this lunch and learn that we're having next week so that you can hear the newest SEO findings. And I was like, okay, perfect. Like, like, this has nothing to do with what I'm doing now, but like, I get to go learn this new thing next week that like, is so interesting to me. Huh. I I think there, there's also something, uh, when it comes to the people that you work with of, um, people who, once they see that you're engaged and are interested then they totally capitalize on that. And they're yeah, like, they oh so my funny. gosh, I have to teach you this and I have to teach you that. <laughs> like, it's it's like, I feel like there's a, a big difference. Um, and I, I hope to not come across the wrong way, but there's a big difference between people who it's, it's just a job to them yeah. versus like, it's a large percentage of their day and it's something that they really enjoy doing. Definitely. Like, it's not something that they just do to like, pass by it's like something that they're actively like interested in and it excites them um I I completely agree especially like when you feel like you don't have to do something like a lot of the Mm. things that I am like learning like I don't need to learn them like I already have a job at this company like it doesn't impact my day-to-day like working environment and project but like I think I, I remember you talking about this you were like I'm not in class. Like I don't have to get a grade. Like I don't have to do this thing, but you're like, I just get to do it because it's something I'm interested in, which makes it so much more enjoyable. Yeah. And I I think a big part of that, like it not being graded anymore. And it like, there's something about people telling you to do something. Even if it's the right thing to do, I so don't want to do it. (laughs) (laughs) Like, uh, they're like, Oh my gosh, you should read this book. It's like the best thing ever. I'm like, that's the last thing I want to do now because yeah. it's like school and stuff. Once I graduated and I didn't have people telling me what to do anymore, I felt like I actually liked learning, which says something about like maybe like the way that I do school. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, I was like that too, because when I was, this is a minor example, but like growing up, we had to do reading logs like in class and we had to like read these assigned (laughs) books and I love to read I love to read when I was little and I love to read now like I am obsessed with reading but the second that my teacher was like you have to read 20 minutes a night and write it in this log and you have to read like this book that I chose for you I'm like nope I hate reading I'm not doing that (laughs) like I will I was like throwing a reading boycott because it's just like when someone tells you that you have to do this thing you're like oh I don't want to do that (laughs) Yeah, it, it's like, um, it, it was a very weird feeling to be like, oh, it's like meeting a, a, a part of yourself that you didn't even know existed. Because yeah. your whole life, you're like told what to do, 
told in school, this kind of stuff. I didn't have any interest in like watching videos on my major, reading books on my major, <laughs> yeah, hanging out with people that like were in my field just because I was like, I do it all day, every day. It's the last thing I want to hear about right now. And then when I graduated, I was like, oh, this is actually really fun. <laughs> yeah. You're like, oh, I should have spent so much time doing this. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't know. But so, so you're, we see how, how you are now. There's this part of me that like wants to like go and talk about everything that you do and, and your role and everything like that but also mm. there's like this whole other story that happened before this of uh you traveling and doing all this kind of stuff maybe we could talk about your role now and then we could talk about like Italy and travel like after yeah that. Is that, of okay. course anything that you want to talk about <laughs> so so yeah so since we're talking about your job and these people that you interact with um your your remind me of your your title again and then we can talk about kind of like where you fit in like this user experience team got it so I am a technology analyst at um Deloitte and that's like kind of the entry position into like consulting and my old project uh that I was on for about a year I was working on user experience of well I was like more so a design lead of like a certain part of a project so Mm. basically I would think about the functionality that we had currently and then users would submit like new change requests and like new things that they wanted to have on our platform and then Mm. I would have to think about like how does this interact with what we already have is this going to break something that we have um like I would kind of build out what it could look like a very rough PowerPoint mock-up of like what it you would probably like cry if you saw how bad it was but like I would like screenshot it and then I would like screenshot a new field and I would like place it in I was doing like very janky photoshop on on PowerPoint basically (laughs) just to like get the point across of how it could look like um because a lot of times users are like I want this but then they don't realize like how it affects everything else so you have to be like Mm. "Mm, maybe you don't want this um (laughs) but it was really cool because it was a global platform so there was I was working with like 30 plus different countries and I would get to like talk to all these people from different countries that were on the same platform. Um, So like we would have calls and I would be talking, there would be like 30 people from across the world, like Australia, Italy, um, like China, just all these different places. And it was so interesting to see how they interacted with the system in a different way based on like how they did their business process it, it felt like a little united nations like on the call i'd be like all right <laughs> we need to get to a like I, we need to get to a decision because they all had to agree on it um so that was super interesting like i it was definitely frustrating at times because like like you said you think the system could work one way and like you know how it interacts with other things that are on the system that maybe they don't work as closely with so like it's hard to get your point across of like this will be a good way to do it but it also Mm. taught me so much um and it was very interesting just to see how like different people interacted with it but I didn't do like we had developers on our team so like I was kind of the liaison between what the business stakeholders wanted and then how that would work in our system and then I had to kind of translate that to our developers to Mm. so that they could actually like make the magic happen (laughs) and then um on my project after that less I I focused on less so like designy things and more so customer personas so it was a little bit different but it was a really cool experience on both ends 
uh, user testing is always something that that was a big impact in my life, just personally, because yep. I feel like it teaches you a lot about about ego and like putting yourself in other people's shoes and stuff like that. Yeah, definitely. And I like am so interested in how humans think. Like I always loved. That's another thing I completely forgot about that. Growing up, I like part of me wanted to be a psychologist because I was very interested in just like how people think, like what how their uh-huh. brains work. Um but so I I kind of get to do a little bit of that now and just like thinking about what the user would want and anticipating like what they want because sometimes you have to be a couple steps ahead to be like what are they going to want in the future? Um, but yeah, I love getting to think about how users will interact with the system and like how you can make the experience more enjoyable for them and like not only deliver on what they want, but also like give them something exciting. Like I remember on my project, we had so many actual like things that we had to deliver. But one time we just implemented this change that every time they closed um, a deal, like confetti would come on their screen. Aww. And like, it was so like, it did actually nothing. There was no actual functionality of it, but it was just like a <laughs> cute little surprise that we were so excited about. We were like, this is so important to us. Like confetti Aww. showers down on the screen when they close the deal. Um, so just little stuff like that was really fun. I call that um, like quality of life U.S. decisions. <laughs> yeah, I love that stuff. I think it's so cool. Yeah, I, it doesn't like not everything has to have a d- direct purpose. Sometimes it's just like, um, I don't know, like specifically one thing that I noticed recently is I was trying to figure out why I liked the LinkedIn message sound um, oh. when like when you get a message it has like a little ding but it's like specific to LinkedIn I never hear that anywhere else and I was trying to figure out like why I get excited about it and then I realized it's like pretty similar to the gathering coins in Mario Bros sound (gasps) yes oh my god that's so funny that you say that I didn't realize yeah and so it's almost like like when you get a message it, it feels like an achievement even if it's like a scam or something yeah even if it's like something that you you won't respond to but uh but yeah that that it's I don't know it just it's when I was in school studying graphic design um I was doing like learning about books and and print and and like stuff I had a little bit of experience with with websites and and coding and stuff like that but it wasn't vast um and the whole time I, I knew that this was the closest thing that I wanted to do, but um I I, I felt like something was, was really missing. Mm-hmm. And when I learned about UX and I, I saw all of these interactions you can do, like literally the best example would be that like confetti thing. <laughs> um like I felt like it was missing some sort of like breath of life yeah in it like something that that felt like the thing that you made you can interact with it you can talk with it you can uh it it's living and breathing and changing like that's that's the thing that once I found out that I could actually do that and it wasn't just like something that was locked away in the the powers of only the most advanced developers that knew like 15 (laughs) different languages like that's something I could actually be a part of I was like wow this is what I want to do for like the rest of my life it's so cool and a lot of the times like user experience stuff it's funny because it's it's stuff that should be seamless like behind the scenes Mm -hmm. that it shouldn't actually be this whole big thing but it's something that just like makes it so easy for the user to like 
that they don't even have to think about it. Like sometimes they won't even notice it because it's just like so perfectly integrated with how everything else works that it just is so such a good experience for them (laughs) is like the best word. Uh, So it's funny because you don't even until you work in stuff that like we've been doing you don't even realize it as a consumer. And then once you start to see these things, you're like, who made that decision? Like, why is this button over here? Why is it this color? <laughs> like, then you start to overanalyze everything. But I've gotten to the point where like, if I see something that's off, I, I like, um, I'll like reach out to the, the company. You will? That's amazing. Yeah, because, but no, but, but it's not like a, you did blah, 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 blah. Like yeah. I found something and it makes me feel better about myself. No, it's like, um, uh, wow if that was me I would want somebody to tell me yeah like definitely. somehow that that slips through the crack and I would never want that to happen and sometimes like uh people would respond like oh my gosh thank you and I started like I'm so into um user testing and stuff like that that yeah I feel like you learn so much by looking at other people's work that are years ahead of you and have so much more skill than you even if you couldn't do it it's cool to like do a test of it with somebody else so I have that little like YouTube channel where I do I yeah <laughs> I love it it's so cool oh you oh, I I didn't expect anybody to watch it but like the companies that I do reactions to like they'll reach out to me and say like thank you for for talking about us like it was really entertaining or the stuff that that we did just for fun like it was cool to actually see somebody's reaction even though it didn't necessarily have a purpose it was just for fun it's so smart I think it's so smart that you do that and the videos are like so cute and such a good way to like interact with brands and stuff like that I feel like you just I don't know you don't know what you don't know so like sometimes people do stuff and often I will just look into the camera and be like I didn't even know that was an option <laughs> you're like okay we're going <laughs> yeah I feel like I see brands and stuff like that and I'm like oh this could be so much better like I will go into like a coffee shop or something and I'm like ah, the branding on this is just not cute like I would spend <laughs> so much more time here if it looked like this and like they had this little section and the font was this size because like mm-hmm. I'm someone I'm sure you are too if you like user experience things but like it extends into outside of all of this like even into spaces like I'm really affected by my space and my environment Mm -hmm. and like when I go into like a really cute coffee shop or like a really like I don't know just like a space that feels super curated and just like knows the things that I want and I want to just like be able to sit there and feel cozy and like it just makes me feel good like those are things I start to think about too like outside of the whole web space I think that when it comes to spaces and stuff like that, um, I, I could compare it to kind of like um, a really good stand-up special or something Ooh, like that. Okay, like the, the okay. So um, I was told one time that like comedy is good um, when it can surprise you. If you like know what's yes. going to happen, it's not as good if you already know what the punchline is. But like being surprised. And then having a positive reaction to that is is why you enjoy the experience. And so like when you go into a place like that and and they've planned everything out and everything is like yeah. um, uh, exactly what you wanted and you didn't even know that you wanted it because they've done so much user testing and, and so much research that they can surprise you. Like there's this book... Um, that I read called the experience economy. Have, have you heard of it? No. Yeah. So I, I, when I was in, in New York, I, I went to this like free lecture at this like 
fancy schmancy design <laughs> agency that I don't even know how I got in there. I just like got a ticket and sat down. And uh, this woman was talking about um, the differences. So you have like, you have products, you have services, and then you have this third thing of just experiences. And mm. so the you could think of like uh, an experience would be like going to an amusement park or something like that. Um, or I don't know, going a cruise, going a trip, like that's kind of like traditional idea of what an experience was. Um, but she started talking about like, Hey, when you have these services and goods, um, like after a while, um, there's a chance you may just become a commodity of like, I I don't care what brand it is. I just want the cheapest one. Like, I'm sure like when you go on Amazon, you have like, like 15 different Chinese companies that you don't know about. You just want like the cheapest thing that you're looking for. Um, but, uh, when, because they like they all did the same thing the only difference between them is the price um and so when when i look at these things uh in the book they talked about the way that you can really be above all of that and beat the whole like price competitive thing is Mm. to make your service or make your good have a experience around it um so they said an example of that was um uh like gucci (laughs) has a restaurant i don't know if you have seen it on instagram or no they they like so all of these fashion brands are starting to create places that have and and the big goal of it is like to have nothing to do with the product itself but just to like be around like the feeling that you'll get when you buy from them or when you do anything like that and she was talking about all of the stuff and and talking about how important user experience is like how you feel when you have this transaction on the app not just like can we do it the fastest most efficiently to get them out of like that's important too but also like having them enjoy their experience while they're there and so when she said that I was like okay, well, something's happening in my brain and I, I, I don't know <laughs> how to do this. I don't know. How, and so I was like, I just got to get that book. And I, at the, before I like hated reading academic books, I read through that whole thing. It was so interesting and it totally changed my mind of like, wow, okay. So there's this like whole human aspect of, of this that is, is like absolutely paramount to not being stuck in the, the price uh race what do you think about that oh my gosh I have so many thoughts (laughs) um okay so I completely agree at this is like a perfect segue so at Deloitte we just started this new like offering called elevating the human experience and it's um I worked on we have these things called initiatives and you can work on like side projects outside of your project so I worked on this initiative and it's amazing like the whole point of it is to really view your customer as this person like they're not just someone that goes to your website and buys a product they're not just someone that comes in like gets a cup of coffee and leaves like they're this holistic person that has a life and like interacts with the world in all these little tiny unique ways that humans do and how can you curate your offering to like cater to that whole person like your person didn't just come in and get a cup of coffee. Like they probably got their kid ready for school and like they're stressed and they had to like go through all of these loopholes and whatever. And like, then they come and get their coffee and then they go and like do X, Y, Z thing. And like, there's just such a broader picture of your consumer other than that one click that they have with your product or brand. 
Um, and it was so interesting to me. She actually just wrote a book about it. The person that leads it is Amelia, um, Dunlop and she wrote the I have it right here I mean no one's gonna see this but (laughs) since we're on video it's yeah it's called it's it's blue and there's there's white text on it it says elevating the human experience by Amelia Dunlop yeah and it's like basically just how life and brands like should interact with their consumer in a way that's more honest and open and vulnerable um and like having these deeper level of connections with your customers because like that emotional piece that you talked about, like, yeah, maybe they can get it cheaper at somewhere else, but if you're able to tap into the emotional side of the purchasing decision, like you'll be able to have this second layer with your customer. That's different. Do you think that this is a whole new thing? Like, yes, kind of. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like before people just went to work and then they went home and like they didn't interact with it in like all of these unique nuanced ways and people were just so in their rut of like I do this thing and like it's more of a transactional idea or it's more of a transactional purchase and like I'm not looking for anything extra but I don't know something I guess about the last year has just like left people more open and like honest about what they're doing at least in my experiences like I feel like I'm so much more willing to have a deeper conversation or like think about things more. And maybe it's just because we've had like more time or that people are just starting to realize like life is too short. I'm not sure what it is, but I definitely do think it's, it's newer. I I think that maybe people are like given the opportunity that in such like a weird situation um, of like being at home and and everything, uh, people are given the opportunity to like try something new yeah Uh, because they've been given a break from their routine i i feel like uh there are so many people in the world that like um uh if they haven't had catastrophic effects from this a lot of people really reconsidered what they what they wanted and now maybe doing a totally different thing than they did like two years ago yeah i think like that's something that's interesting to me too because like even in college i spent a lot of like my first couple of years of college working so hard like studying so much and like my friends would go out and like I would be in like a team room in my business school like studying for an exam and like missing out on like experiences that because I felt like oh I can just do that when I get a job or like when I finish this thing or when I get a good grade or whatever like I just kept pushing off like my willingness to experience some different things not always but like there was definitely times that I did that instead I'm not sure I understand that's my watch me too (laughs) (laughs) um I realized like we're just always waiting for like x thing to happen to give ourselves permission to do something and I think one of the biggest things like looking back is like, for example, I put, I was like, oh, when I'm a senior in college, like, and I have this job and I, I'm, I could coast and like, I can do more fun things. And then COVID happened and I didn't get to do those things. And I was like, I shouldn't have waited to like do what I said I was going to do because I didn't get that time. And like, granted, not the end of the world. Like I still get to experience so many fun things. And I did in college too, but I think people are starting to realize that with their job, like, you shouldn't be waiting to have like happiness in 
in something else like you can find it now and like you can switch your path and do something different so I think that's what a lot of people are starting to realize definitely like something I realized over the past year um uh do you see other people that or interact with people that you can tell are waiting to do things until this date that they think that is is the right time to do that do you how do you feel when when you talk to them yeah definitely I think I talk about this a lot in my yoga classes too like the idea of being present and like finding happiness where you're at right now I think a lot of people think that happiness exists in some external thing like Mm -hmm. people are like I'll be happy when I have this job when I make this amount of money when I look a certain way like Mm -hmm. when I get to this other point in my life that's not right now I will be happier and it's interesting because we get to those places like we get that job we like go get to the place where we said we were going to be happy and it's never enough like we're like okay I'm here now what like now what will make me happy like this act or you're like oh this actually didn't make me happy and I was just like placing some external like version of happiness into this thing um so yeah I talk about that a lot in my classes just to kind of encourage the fact that like you can be happy with where you're at now and like even if it's not the most ideal scenario, like obviously COVID was not amazing. (laughs) Like there was a lot of things that weren't amazing about the past year, but like something that helped me get through it was like finding those little pieces of joy in things that were smaller to like help me feel more happy with where I'm at. Like, it's not always going to be perfect and that's not the idea, but it's just like realizing that you can be happy with where you're at right now instead of this external thing I had a few moments of that uh in like the past year or so where um you like put everything on whether or not you're gonna achieve this thing or do this thing Mm. and um and then I would get it and then I would feel no different yeah that's happened to me so many times it's it's very scary um to be like oh does this mean this feeling doesn't go away like mm. I I got this thing that was supposed to make me happy like I got this job I got this contract I got this thing and then like I don't know I got everything that I wanted and uh it's it didn't fix it <laughs> definitely I think a, I think a lot of people feel like that I've definitely felt like that and I think it also helps you to be like more reflective of why you wanted that thing like in the first place, like, was it because you wanted to tell other people, like you got this thing? Like, did you want other people to be proud of you? Like all these other things that maybe are just like ego instead of like what you actually value. Like an example that's coming to mind is in college. I remember my junior and senior year, there was this like scholar thing as like a senior um, for my school. It was like the top, like, scholar like award that you could receive as a student and I worked so hard to get this award like I was involved in everything I studied so much I was like talking to the right people like all I wanted was like this Whitman scholar award like I was like oh my god this is so validating like I need this like I I I worked so hard for it and I got it and then nothing happened literally nothing (laughs) changed I didn't even get to like celebrate it because my graduation got 
canceled and like literally no one cared like for like one minute people were like congrats that's so cool like you deserve it and like thanks and then like nothing changed and I put so much weight into like who I was as a student like who I was as a person like I wanted my parents to be so proud of it and like they were like yeah we already know you work hard like we didn't need this award to tell us that you work hard like and then I started to think about it and I'm like, why did I care so much about this? Like, why did I want this so badly? And then I feel like part of me was like, oh, it's just because I wanted to tell people like I got this award or like I wanted people to like be proud or whatever. And then that made me like think about rethink a lot of things. And I was like, what do I, what am I doing like in other areas of my life that are like that? Because like, I should just at the end of the day, like be proud of myself for like, working hard and doing these things and like is that something I even value um so that was an interesting thing that happened that I kind of shifted my perspective of like what I actually care about I feel like there's a lot of people that like go through that um and because they like some people I'm guilty of it too like I you are doing stuff all the time you're always interacting with somebody, whether it's a person, whether it's a screen, whether it's like anything. And so a lot of times you don't have, a lot of people have these moments where they're, they're constantly interacting with something. They're constantly like preoccupied with, with things. And um, for me, I I noticed that I got a lot of thinking done when I would be just like working out or doing Mm. nothing freshman year. It was like when I did crew and the only thing that I could focus on was crew. I couldn't focus on anything else. Um, and so my question is like you you doing yoga since um like I think you're a junior year of high school um Mm. and then like getting certified and teaching classes and stuff like that does that give you like those moments of just being like hey maybe I just need time with myself not like fulfilling the requirements of everybody else and responding to people and does that does that help yeah definitely I think yoga has been like the most consistent piece of my life that has like brought me so much joy and like so much peace um it's just like my favorite thing that I do and it's funny because that example that I said like I'll be happy when yoga is actually like the only thing that has kept like fulfilling that joy for me like I was like I want to be a yoga teacher so badly like I love yoga I love like it deeply aligns with like who I am as a person, what I want to give to the world, like what I feel like I could serve in a greater purpose. And when I became a yoga teacher, like, I think that's like one of my proudest moments, like more so than when I got my job, like when I graduated college, like when I did all these other things, like I got to that point and still even like now a year into teaching, like it still fulfills me in that way and like brings me so much joy and is like something that has just changed my life so so much like I think I found yoga because of like anxiety honestly Mm -hmm. and like it was some it was like one of the first things that like really helped me like trust myself and like think about what I wanted it gave me that like time and space to be more mindful like I saw how much it impacted me and like wanted to be able to have the space to to help other people do that like something when you go through yoga teacher training is like they want you to think about your purpose for teaching. Like I got so much more out of like getting certified than 
just like a certificate that says, <laughs> oh, you're, you're a yoga teacher. Like you do so much like reflection and journaling and like thinking about like your bigger purpose and like how you interact with humans and all of this other like amazing things that I learned. But like my purpose that I had said at the point was like, I create safe spaces for people to be their most authentic selves. And like, that's something that I think about like before my classes and just to like, the city is so busy and like people are constantly running around doing a million things, going to work, going out, doing their jobs. Like I, for 60 minutes, like twice a week, I just get to create the space for people to come in and like be themselves and feel safe and like just unwind. And I remember the first class I taught, I like literally almost cried at the end because I just could see the shift of people like exhaling and like taking a deep breath Mm -hmm. and like, just like being okay. Even if it was for like a minute, like that they got the space to just like be with themselves made me feel so fulfilled. Like I love my job and I love what I do, but like, if I didn't have this extra little piece of what I do on the side, I feel like I would just be missing something. So I feel like it's so special that I get to interact with it. Is that ever overwhelming to you? Like that responsibility, you mean? Yeah. Yeah, kind of. Like, (laughs) I, yeah, there are definitely parts where I'm like, oh, I, like, have these people's, like, these people are moving their bodies and, like, coming to my class and (laughs) expecting, like, a certain thing, like, based on what I say. So I, in the beginning, I put a lot of pressure on myself to, like, make it this perfect experience that, like, I don't know, I didn't want to mess anything up. Like, I was like, what if I mess up the sequence? And, like, I forget it and all this stuff. And I think, like what I've learned the most just about like taking other classes and thinking about like what I love of my favorite instructors and things like that is like, I love the people that are so raw and that make mistakes and like laugh at themselves during class and aren't perfect. Like my favorite teachers have been the people that have like messed up halfway and they'd be like, Oh, I don't, I don't know what I'm doing. I forget. Like what, like, and like, they're just so silly and like laugh at themselves. And like, it gives you permission to like also make those same mistakes. So I feel like the last thing I want my students to think or like anyone to think is like I am this like perfect like teacher that does like xyz thing and like never makes mistakes and knows all these things like I never want people to feel like that because then people feel like they can't be themselves so I feel like the best way that I can be less overwhelmed is just like knowing that fact and knowing that like people find you so much more relatable and feel so much more comfortable when you also make mistakes and like aren't perfect and know that I don't know it's just like a safer space to do that the the only experience that I've had with that um was uh I didn't really like go to live classes or anything but I uh I would do I I love Lily Sabri who's on YouTube yeah I've seen her videos I absolutely love her. She's, she's awesome. And so she did all of these like live classes on YouTube, mm-hmm. uh, totally for free. <laughs> and I would watch them and like, so it'd be like thousands, thousands of other people. But like the fact that she would do every single workout live and if things would, would happen or her dog would like jump on her <laughs> when she was like doing a plank or something like that, like it seemed really relatable and, and great. And, and what she's done for for so many people is just like 
I don't know, just like really quality of life <laughs> and yeah. giving you that time of like, okay, this is what we're going to do at this time. You're committed to it. Like you have, for me, I had like these sheets of like what you do each day and stuff like that. And it was kind of like, well, do you remember to like brush your teeth? Do you remember <laughs> to go to work? Well, you can remember to just like for an hour, uh, just have a moment and and her having these youtube videos and stuff like that made me do it and made me so much happier so i i know that that you would probably do that for other people too which must feel so good <laughs> i hope so like that's the goal like at the end of the day i like don't care about like i don't know if people are coming for a workout or like whatever i literally only care about how i make them feel and like if i can give them this opportunity to just like feel safe like feel good about their themselves and like just I, I say in the beginning of my class I'm like if you want to just like lay on your mat for 60 minutes and <laughs> not do anything like go for it if that's what you need like this is your space to do that like you don't have to do anything that I say um so just like giving people time with themselves I feel like is really special and I like hope that people that's like my only goal is that people leave class and just like feel a little smidge ounce better than when they came in yeah. And, and so I see time and everything like that. So we'll, we'd have to do like a whole another time to talk <laughs> about like all your travels and Portugal and Italy oh, and yeah. all this kind of stuff. And I, I always end the podcast with, uh, until next time. Cause I always, I like using this to, to keep up with people. But the, the thing that I want to talk about kind of to, to wrap up and everything is, um, uh, talking through through your life and all of these different things and stuff like that um when you kind of like look at the future are there things on the horizon like oh this might be kind of cool to do or maybe this like not a, a linear uh I'm gonna do this I'm gonna do that and I'm gonna do that because every time I do that I'm always wrong and I'm always thankful <laughs> that I'm wrong because yeah. it was like the not the best thing and something else had to come into my life and say hey maybe you want to do this and I'm so much happier doing that thing but kind of like flat when you look at the horizon are there things that that you want to do or accomplish or personal things just I'm curious yeah definitely so I would love to continue to bridge like my interest and love for technology with my like passion of mindfulness and and yoga and like be able to bring them together somehow like I think a lot of times technology I'm so guilty of this can like take you out of the present moment and you're like doom scrolling mm. on Instagram and like you're doing all of these things and you're excited about like a gadget or a product and like I love all of that stuff but also on the other hand I'm so interested in like how you can be more mindful like how you can do things that make you feel good like really taking control of like how you feel on an everyday basis and sometimes they clash like instead of getting up going for a walk meditating and like doing these things that you know will make you feel good you're like laying in bed on Instagram and something <laughs> like that or like you just are like they can definitely clash with each other and I would love to think of a way to like help people more mindfully interact with their technology and think of ways that they can like continually use them to help their lives rather than take away from them. Like I'm always looking for new apps that are like meditation based or mindfulness based. And I would love to continue working in that space. Like 
I think an app like Headspace is so cool. Like it must be like that would be like my dream job is to like work <laughs> on like the the user experience for like Headspace because you get to yeah. see like this is an app and you're using all this amazing technology, but it also makes people's lives so much better. Like it's such a quality of life thing, like you were talking about. So I think that's like definitely something on the horizon for me that I would be so excited about. I feel like that would be so fulfilling for you because like even like all of the use, user testing and everything, meeting these people that are using it, seeing yeah. how it impacts people on like a personal level. Uh, I don't know. I feel like that would be very <laughs> exciting. What about you? I'm interested to hear your answer. Oh, me? Horizon? Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, I, I don't know. I, I loved anything that has to do with digital experiences Mm. and I either if I'm designing it or developing it um, I think that it's so fun to be able to be creative and then also have the power to to make it real and with Webflow and um, other apps and Airtable and Zapier and all of these like tools um, they they let me do that without having to to speak like 15 different coding languages and spend <laughs> yeah. like 10 years making it um i i think that there's there's so much that's happening in in the digital experience world and so many things that are like i'm so excited about I, I, there's so many things that, <laughs> that can enable you to do all of these things and and let the person who's creating it um have a quicker ability to see what it looks like in real time because there's so many ideas that I think are trapped because people don't have the ability to make them um and having that is uh it changes a lot of people's lives it it lets them do things that they never expected to be able to do um so many designers uh can become developers and uh anywhere where I can I can spend time either planning the UX making the designs (laughs) or even making it myself, um, that's that's the dream. So it's very broad because I have no idea how that will materialize, but I am down for however it decides to show up. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. That's so exciting. I can't wait to watch it, it happen. Well, to to close out the, the podcast, and it's been so fun, and this is probably the longest we've, we've talked in a while because of <laughs> like know. family events and like, busyness and stuff like that the way that that I finish is uh uh I would introduce myself say if people wanted to reach out to me uh where would they find me and stuff like that and then we'll finish up with you and then we'll end the podcast does that sound like a good plan yes I never want to stop I feel like this is so (laughs) funny so fast (laughs) I know they, they go by they go by so fast but I uh yeah anyway um so I'll, I'll, I'll start. And so you can kind of see how I, how I do it. Um, so hi, <laughs> I'm Emily Giordano. Um, and, uh, I am a, uh, web designer, web developer and UX person. Um, I, I absolutely love what I, I do. Um, there's, there's so many things that you can do with Webflow, uh, Adalo, Airtable, like all of these super fun things. Like if you have an idea of, of like, anywhere on the spectrum of kind of maybe like a static website where it's just like a really cool 
version of just your business card that that you can always have with you and share with people and then on the whole other end you can have marketplaces and social places and stuff like that there's so many things that you can do and so um if you ever want to talk to me about any of it you have an idea that you're thinking about developing and put together um you can find me uh you can email me at emily at greatdesignlead.com great design lead is my instagram my youtube and my website um and uh and yeah you can you can find me anywhere there if you wanted to watch videos of me hanging out on a website and making faces <laughs> at a camera for 20 minutes you could some people have been reaching out to me i don't know why they're very nice but, <laughs> but it's it's funny um but yeah if you ever wanted to be friends if you were going to work on a project together or anything like that you you know where to find me and uh and that's enough about me and we'll finish up with JC and then we'll head out of here. <laughs> Amazing. Um, hello, my name is JC. Thank you for listening to Emily and I talk for the past two hours. <laughs> um, if you want to find me, um, LinkedIn's a good place. My LinkedIn is just my name, JC Adler. And then if you're interested in my yoga sphere at all, I have an Instagram called JC Upside Down. And yeah, I like to post yoga and mindfulness things on there. If you're ever in New York City and want to come to my yoga classes, send me a message and we'll make it happen um but yeah I'd love to chat at the end of the day like beyond tech and yoga and everything I just love humans so find me on any of the places and I'm happy to chat (laughs) perfect and and all all of those links everything spelling will be in the podcast description so don't have to worry about any of that um and yeah if if you if you want to take a yoga class or you want to talk about (laughs) webflow you can hang out with either of us we're your girls (laughs) Amazing. Well, <laughs> this has been so much fun and I never know how to end things, but the way that I always end is just saying, uh, I guess this is just goodbye until next time. <laughs> until next time. Amazing. Thank you for having me on.